Welcome everyone to another episode of the Rob the Genius Podcast. This is episode number 50, the big 5-0. So do I have anything special planned this week? And yeah, not really. <laughs> I mean, you know, I am making my best effort to not talk about the election this week. I know, look, I gave that to y'all for like three, four weeks in a row. And judging by the listening numbers, y'all are tired of that shit. So, <laughs> we move on. Or at least we try to. So this week we got just a potpourri of topics. <laughs> uh, got some college football, some pro football, got some NBA draft. First time ever. Um, got some stuff that I'm just watching on TV. Got some movie news, big news on the uh, Wonder Woman front. And we have an update on your friend, not mine, <laughs> Jeffrey Tubin. So, um, What you heard leading us in is a you know, little, just a little different from what I'd been playing before last week. No New York rappers this week. Instead, we have an Australian rock band that is ACDC. <laughs> and um, like ACDC is one of those groups where it's really easy to say that their songs all sound the same. And they don't really sound identical, but they uh, do sound, yeah, kind of similar, if you're not listening too close. But at the same time, you know, ACDC is one of those groups where they keep it simple, and once you get to know them, you know what you're coming for, right? Uh... You're coming for my man screaming on the mic when he's singing, and you know some just some catchy guitar riffs, and you know I mean they keep it simple, and you know it, it works. It works for them. It's fun stuff to listen to. Um, now it's not. Not the kind of thing that I would listen to, like, for, you know, a whole week on repeat. Because then, yeah, then, 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 yeah, then, then the similarities become, like, glaring. But still. Um, I mean, they're, you know, they're, they're fun to listen to. I really, you know. And some of their music was featured in, you know, the uh, Iron Man movies. Like they have, a, they have a whole um, like kind of compilation CD they put together from like music that was used in those movies and and some other stuff that kind of fits the tone or the theme. And I do have that. <laughs> That's where I got most of the music for this week from. But anyway, uh, I'm not gonna hold y'all here. <coughs> Let's get into the show. It's so more more music fellas and let's get this thing rolling. Mm-hmm. 
right, so I'm gonna start off with college football this week. Cause man, they are struggling. So uh, last weekend, they had canceled like, like like 14 or 15 games. You know, because it's COVID. And I mean that's as bad as it's gotten. <clears throat> They're like major conference games, just nope. Um this is kind of what I figured would happen over time and it's looking more and more like you know the Big Ten and Pac-12 were correct in their initial decision making to not have seasons and they caved <coughs> and Big Ten in particular I don't know if the Pac-12 has to cancel a bunch of games yet in fact, you know, right now I don't even know if they actually did change their mind. I know the Big Ten did. I'm sorry, I just forgot. <laughs> but the Big Ten has had to cancel games. <coughs> I mean, it's, and this <coughs> just overall across the board, 15, like 14, 15 games got canceled because of COVID, and they are not. I don't know that. I mean, I don't know if they're going to get like postponed or if they're just not happening. And um, I think the NFL approved a plan to expand the uh, playoff pool to 16 teams <coughs> in the event that they had to, you know, scrap a bunch of games or whatever. But you know what? This is what I figured would happen. And what I mean by that is that, you know, both college and pro football in particular are hell-bent to make this thing happen, to have this season, one way or the other, <clears throat> even if they got a limp to the finish line, because they are the most stubborn of all the sports leagues, and... <clears throat> You know, NFL in particular also, you know, was doing the least as far as precautions. And so is college football. Both of them are not. They're just, in terms of precautions, they're just doing terrible. I mean, they, they did terrible. The NFL got better, you know, and I mentioned this a while back. The NFL did get better at the whole testing thing. Because they were really just going to try to power through. But the players weren't having that. <coughs> Excuse me. And, uh, yeah, I had coffee with, like, iced coffee with cream and whatnot. So, does wonders for coughing in the morning. Don't worry, I don't have COVID. But anyway, as far as I know. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> you know, football did the least to get ready. Even though they had the most amount of time. And they've had the worst situation with, you know, infections, breakouts, and all of that. Not surprised. And I'm also not surprised that they are basically tweeting through it. Or, I mean, you know, the equivalent of that. They are just, you know, they're just kind of throwing their hands up and saying it is what it is. And this is even though, you know, 
major players like I think Trevor Lawrence tested positive. There are coaches who tested positive. And, you know, it's all one big kind of, hey, what can you do? So I don't know. I mean, they're going to finish the season. <clears throat> May not be exactly on time, but they are going to finish. They will crown somebody champion. It might be like the 15th ranked team in the country or something, but they will have it. The NFL is going to have the Super Bowl. They already announced that the weekend is going to be the halftime entertainment, which means I can can go do something during halftime this year because I'm just not that. I have no issues with Mr. Weekend. Um, I've heard a few songs of his. I, you know, but... He ain't exactly somebody that's going to get hyped to seeing a uh, halftime show. Oh, maybe, maybe my kids like it. might like it. I, I don't care. But they've announced that. <clears throat> so, yes, there is going to be a Super Bowl. And, you know, they, like I said, they expanded the playoff to 16 teams. And I, they did that so that, I guess, no one will get penalized like say if a game gets canceled and their record ends up being kind of janky because of that, right? Like if you end up like, you know, eleven and four and when you could have been twelve and four, you know, that's kinda of sucks if you missed the playoffs because of that. <clears throat> so I understand expanding the field. Now of course what's gonna happen is that like somebody's gonna get in there with like five wins if that happens, you know, if they go to that. But, you know, like a five-win NFL team is not going to make it very far on a playoff field, so whatever. But we, but yeah, that we are, we're, we're tweeting through it here in, in, in the football world. So we'll see what happens. Uh, well, <laughs> Not good news this week. No, sir. No, ma'am. Uh, my my, my uh, beloved Washington football team went to play the New York Giants. No, no, you know, I'm wrong. I'm sorry. It was not the New York Giants. It was the Detroit Lions. And well, we went out there and Got one leg of Alex Smith, the quarterback. And look, while his story is remarkable, I gave him all the props in the world for making it back from basically just a completely horrendous leg injury, something that should have ended his career. The man was walking around in a halo cast on his leg, and he made it back from that. I mean, that is impossible. That is a miracle. He deserves, all, he deserves all the credit in the world for getting back from that to the point where he can actually play in NFL games. It is also scary as hell every time he drops back to pass. Because you are worried that he's going to get his leg mangled again. He's almost 40 years old, so he um, he is not 
happy he is not the person for you to hitch your wagon to as a team for the future. It just isn't. But right now, that's what it looks like because the coaches have just completely given up on Dwayne Haskins, it seems. They got nothing for him. So, it's going to be Alex Smith. I mean, Haskins is the backup now because, you know, uh, Kyle Allen is out for the season with, ironically, a leg injury. But it looks like they're, it looks like they're starting Alex Smith until something happens where they can't. And, like I said, Alex, he, Alex is an inspiration. He should win Comeback Player of the Year. Because again, that that was that broken leg he got should have been oh, that should have been it should have been over. All right, I mean he could barely walk for a long time, and like I said, he had a halo cast on his leg. Right, I mean so no, he, he and he made it all the way back to being playing in you know NFL games and. Well, Detroit's defense isn't particularly good, so his performance probably is a bit kind of overrated, overblown. You know, a bit of a mirage maybe, but he played. But he did play well Sunday. Not well enough for us to win, which I mean, yeah. Now that we were down 24 to 3. And it was looking like we were going to get run out of the building. And then, boy, we, they were getting run out of the building. <laughs> but then, you know, but then, you know, they came back. And, you know, with Smith, the quarterback, they came back and they tied it up 24 24. And it went to Detroit drives down the field with a few seconds left. And their kicker makes a 59-yard field goal, which is absolutely insane and ridiculous. And, I mean, who the hell does that? Well, they did, obviously. So now we're 2-7. and 2-7. And, and, you know, the, take the whole quote from Bill, Bill Durham. How do we win two? It's a miracle. <laughs> it's a miracle. And, and But, but you know, the worst part of it all is that we're still alive in the NFC East because the, the Philadelphia Eagles are in first place and they are 3-5-1. and one. This is how bad the NFC East is this year that you can be 3-5-1 and one and in first place. Yikes. No, I mean like, like super yikes. Double, triple yikes. Like what in the hell? I mean, this somebody from this sack division is going to be hosting a playoff game with maybe six wins, and they're going to get run out of their own building by like the Cardinals or somebody. So this division is trash, big trash. I mean, like, good grief. I mean, like throw the whole division in. in, in, in. Away this year. I mean, 
Wow. <laughs> I mean, if you want, if you want, if you want an argument as to why division winners should not get automatic playoff spots, this year is it. And I mean, look, a few years back there was the seven and nine Seahawks, I think. Yeah, uh, and but other than that, I mean, you know, there've been eight and eight division winners before. But I mean, this is pathetic. It really is. I mean, look, they should do this like the Premier Soccer League, and just you know relegate the division winner down to like the SEC or something. I mean, wow. I mean, well, on a more positive note, I mean, uh, I caught the end of the uh, was the Arizona Buffalo game, and Kyler Murray. Well, Kyler Murray made us look bad, which isn't that difficult, really. But I mean, now he is he is an absolute star. I mean, good, wow. I mean, the way he just brought them up and down the field. And on that last play of the game for Arizona, where, I mean, he ran all the way to his left and just chucked it downfield to DeAndre Hopkins, who is proving that the Houston Texans had the most, like, stupidest coach and general manager around. And they should have fired Bill O'Brien. They were, like, they waited too long. And they ended up trading. They traded Hopkins away for, like, you know, three gym bags and a, a pack of sweat socks and uh, I mean and now now they fired O'Brien so it was, it was pointless but hey Hopkins is in a better place now and where he is gets to do his thing and you know they got a chance to make playoffs and all of that so I mean that was a great game too and like Josh Allen for Buffalo has you know for a couple of years, he was not very good. He was just an athlete playing quarterback. And he threw interceptions. He fumbled the ball. He made bad plays. But they did not give up on him. And this year, he is playing better. But, you know, this is my first time actually watching him this weekend. And he still has that propensity to make bad plays. He's still very much an athlete playing quarterback. It's just that he's gotten a lot of things under control that he didn't before. But he got forced into making some bad plays. He threw a couple of really bad interceptions. But watching him is a testament to patience. Because they did not give up on him. They kept, you know... with him they stuck with him and you know still you know he's probably going to have those tendencies his whole career but you know what um he's gotten better at playing the position and he looks like you know he is the quarterback there and look Allen is probably like he's never going to be like this what they want now, which is like the super efficient, you know, 70% completions and never makes any bad throws or anything. He's not going to be that guy, right? Yeah, he's an athlete playing quarterback, but, you know, you can get great production out of him. 
and you can get, you know, if you can get clutch play out of him when it counts, then he can be really good for a really long time. Could look like a, well, I mean, I watched Super Bowl 22, and that's going to be a special episode at some point here. And John Elway, John Elway, Hall of Fame quarterback. John Elway was at one point, you know, my pick for like best quarterback ever. And up until maybe the last five years of his career, John Elway was not very accurate. And he was not very efficient throwing the ball. He had a bad completion percentage, even for then. And if you like, and then if you like watch the film, like watch him actually throwing it. A lot of them throws are all over the place, man. It was bad. <clears throat> and yet, his job was never in jeopardy. So it just, it matters that teams stick with people if they think they got something. Which I wish Washington would do with Dwayne Haskins. You know. But it looks like that's not happening. But, well, well what is happening is that we're going to take a break. And be back after this. Alright, so uh, as you listen to this, Thanksgiving is around the corner. Or days away, or week, maybe a week, or that. I don't know. Wait a minute, so right, this is what, the uh, 20th? Yeah. Um, <laughs> that you might be listening to this, maybe later. So that would be, that would mean that Thanksgiving is the next week. Yes. Or maybe, depending on when you're listening to it, maybe it's the same week, right? But anyway, uh, this is a first for me for Thanksgiving. An absolute first. And that is um, the, uh, this is the Corona Thanksgiving. And meaning that I will not be going to, you know, mother's house or sister's house or anyone else's house to eat which for me is a problem because I am never the one to cook anything for Thanksgiving yeah um, so yeah and uh, we're not getting together we're doing the smart thing and everybody's just gonna eat at their own place because getting together for Thanksgiving under these circumstances is a good way to be a, have to attend a funeral sometime in December uh, given what's going on I mean you don't want to look look you don't want to see somebody at Thanksgiving and then not be able to talk to them at Christmas because they're not here no more okay so we're not having Thanksgiving dinner together which, I mean, for me, it's that means that I got two choices as far as eating Thanksgiving dinner. I either bite the bullet and try to cook Thanksgiving food for the first time ever, or I take the coward's way out and order some food from a restaurant or something, or, or something. And... Well, I'm talking about it here, so that means that I am taking the coward's way out. 
all right because i mean it is what it is i there's no point in trying to cook something and then have it turn out crappy and then i gotta try to find some place that might be open on thanksgiving evening and get some dinner from right uh, there's no point in doing that so i am going to go ahead and do the smart thing and get food that I know will be will taste good and I know will be cooked right and all of that. Um, what I'm hoping is that this time next year I won't have to do that again. But hey, Boston Market looks like a pretty good option right now. If not them, unless I think of some other places. I mean, Boston Boston Market is the quick, easy, and obvious choice right now. So they are the leader in the clubhouse for Rob's lazy Thanksgiving dinner. And whether or not I decide on someone else, I'll let you know next week. But uh, I imagine this is reality for a lot of people. And it stinks. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, I implore you guys every week to stay home and don't go anywhere you don't have to. And that means for Thanksgiving, um, you don't have to go to a family dinner. And what I'm hoping, and I think what we all are hoping, is that this is the only time that we have to do this. And... Then we won't have to do it again next year. I mean, that's, that's the important thing, right? Um, I mean, you live long enough, you're going to come to some point where you're going through something that hasn't happened in a long time. And so that's where we are with this. I mean, all we can do now is hope for the best, right? I mean, they're working on vaccines. Looks like they've made progress. Don't know. We don't, we don't really know where exactly things are. I mean, there are some things that have been announced that are like into like deep level of trials and all, but like having a vaccine where you can just give somebody a shot, boom, done. We're still a ways away from that. Hoping that, um, you know, we'll, by this time next year, we'll turn the corner. You know, and then we will be able to get together again because yeah this is one of those things that you take for granted really if you know if you have a family that gathers I mean yeah you take it for granted we I mean this will be my first time in 46 years on this earth where I've had to do this so yeah, I mean you take it for granted and a lot of things take it for granted you know because until this hit right I mean going to the movies took for granted Sitting in a restaurant, took for granted. Going to the gym, took for granted. And, you know, and uh, now some people have, you know, depending on where you are, they never close anything down. Or they, you know, put restrictions up and, you know, they've eased restrictions and now they're thinking of, you know. And we're all kind of in a pickle right now because it seems like no matter where you are, the numbers are going back up. I know, like here in Maryland, they were way down for a good while now they're coming back up so now they started closing some stuff again um 
I'm really hoping that all you stupid people who keep having weddings and house parties and such will stop. Because y'all aren't helping. But, you know, it's, um, well, it's wintertime. And, it, you know, it was expected that some of this stuff was going to go up. So we just got to, you know what? Again, we have to take care of ourselves. We got to take care of each other, like I always say. So, with that in mind, again, Boston Market is the leader in the clubhouse for Thanksgiving dinner for me this year. And I'm going to look up some other places just to see if there are some other options. If not, then it is what it is. And I hope that however y'all are doing Thanksgiving this year, that you do it safe. And that you figure out a way to get some good tasting food. And, um, I mean, I know some folks are just going to kind of drive by maybe mom's house or whatever and get the food and then go back home. That's an option. So however you're doing it, please do it safe. And please do it tasty. Yeah, let's hope that, you know, Thanksgiving tastes good at least, right? <laughs> I mean, you know. Anyway, all right, uh, enough turkey talk. Back after this. Jeffrey Tubin front. He got fired from a couple of places, or at least like from like the one place he worked, he got fired. And and on cue, the defenders sprung out of the woodwork. Now, for those of y'all who don't remember, Jeffrey Tubin is a guy with CNN and worked for a couple of magazines, like the thing. Yorker or New York Magazine, something or other, and he was on a Zoom call with some of his colleagues, and he got caught on camera um, whipping it out and yanking it, basically. Got caught on camera, okay, jerking off, so he got suspended. I think CNN just said, oh, he, he's going to take the time off. Yeah. So he got fired from one of those magazines. And it turned out that, well, um, Mr. Tubin is a bit of a creep. I mean, beyond whacking off on Zoom call. 
Um, you know, there's stories about him basically, um, you know, getting in on the old sexual harassment game, <laughs> and um, he's a, you know, cheater. He's married, and he, you know, hooked up with another woman, had a kid with her, did not want to support the child, got forced to. Uh, a lot going on there, Jeffrey. And uh, and I, as I mentioned at the beginning, uh, you know, some defenders jumped out of the woodwork to say that basically, you know, the, the same old thing we always hear. Well, well, yeah, he was wrong, but do we really need to, you know, end people's careers? like this and I mean of course there's always guys saying this okay here's the thing okay especially now where if you're in like if you're an office worker or whatever you're probably if you're not working at home all the time you're working at home a lot unless you just work somewhere where you can't do that (coughs) So you're on like Zoom calls all the time, right? I trust you, I've been on a million, you know, Zoom calls for the past six months. And you know what? You know what I've managed to not do? Despite having numerous opportunities? I have managed to not jerk off during the Zoom call, okay? You know, I haven't gotten caught jacking off during the Zoom call. You know why? Because I haven't jacked off during the Zoom call. Okay? It's not that hard. Okay, well. <laughs> well, okay. Well, I guess um, I guess it was kind of hard for old Jeffrey there after a few minutes. But, you know, um, it was not that difficult to make the decision to not jerk off during a Zoom call. Okay. Um, in fact, there wasn't any decision. The thought never crossed my mind, and I dare say the thought has not crossed the mind of 99.9999999% of the men <coughs> who have been on Zoom calls. Okay, I sincerely doubt that anyone other than Mr. Tubin and, you know, some other dudes that we haven't heard of. I mean, seriously, come on. Come on. Well, <laughs> well I guess maybe he did come on after a little while. Alright, I'm sorry, I'm terrible. I'm terrible. But, but, <laughs> Jeffrey, and any other man who might be listening to this, jerking off on a Zoom call is dumb, and it's offensive, and it's gross, and uh, you shouldn't do it. And if you do it and you get caught, 
you deserve to get fired. Okay? You really do. Look, Jeffrey. If one of your co-workers wanted to see you do that, I'm sure they would either invite you to do that in person or you know they would have already given you whatever indication you needed to know that they were down for watching you do that like on Skype or something right away from work hours <clears throat> and you're still married dude right I mean so if one of your co-workers wanted to see you do that there's the whole you know, you're still married issue. And now look, I mean, maybe you and your wife, you know, got one of those kind of deals where she's okay with you, you know, getting around or whatever. I mean, it is 2020. You know, there's all types of stuff like that going on. <laughs> but at the end of the day, Nobody you worked with, apparently, wanted to see you doing that. So, you shouldn't have done it. <clears throat> Before y'all say, well, he didn't mean to get caught. He was just doing it while the meeting was going on. Okay. Um, <sighs> okay, when you're, like, doing that kind of thing, you got to assume that you're going to end up on camera some kind of way. Well, you could end up on camera some kind of way. And conduct yourself accordingly. All right, I mean. Because, look, you got to turn the camera off when the meeting starts. That's what you're supposed to do. But people forget. Um... Sometimes, you know, you might be clicking on, trying to click on some thing on your computer or something, and you might accidentally turn the camera back on. Right? I mean, it, stuff happens. So don't be doing anything that if, it's, if, if somehow the camera ends up on, you look like an idiot or a creep or both. And if you do that and you get caught and you get fired... That's on you. Alright? You need to stop having sympathy for idiots. And by idiots, I mean people who willingly do things that are stupid. And get caught. Okay. We coddle too many of those people. We give too many of those people passes. <clears throat> well, what if it happened to you? It's not going to happen to me because I'm not going to jerk off during a Zoom call. Okay? I, I mean, I, you know what? I'm no predictor of the future, but I can I can predict that with a, a an extreme level of confidence that I am not going to jerk off during a Zoom call. So this is one of those times where I can absolutely unload on... Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. This this is one of those times where I can definitely call somebody stupid for what they did and say that they deserve what they got in return. So, Jeffrey, 
good luck on the unemployment line. Well, I guess not. But, well, yeah, because you've got to take care of your family still. So, okay. So, um, I hope that you are still able to provide for your family some kind of way. They did not ask for this. But, your coworkers sure as hell didn't ask this. See you wagging it there neither. So, um, find a way to take care of your family and keep your hands to, oh, <laughs> well, he did keep his hands to himself, but, <laughs> I mean, um, don't jerk off at work. Yeah, there we go. Anyway, all right, that's enough of that. We'll be back after this. TV talk time. So last week was the season premiere, Law and Order SVU, and I've been a loyal SVU watcher for a very long time. I think maybe since like I don't know the well, yeah, second season at least. I've been watching it almost as long as it's been on, right? I didn't start at the very beginning, but, you know, I, I started pretty darn close to the game. And this was really interesting. Well, it was really interesting wondering just how they were going to do this. Because, you know, there's a whole thing about filming during the uh, pandemic. And then... You know, there's the fact that, you know, they're a police show, and they are in, you know, we're in a time of, you know, a whole summer of protests, 
Yeah, we have activists who want the police defunded. Right? I mean, so there's been a real big question as to how shows like Law and Order SVU would play. Now, the, I mean, the real thing, well, the hook to those shows is never the actual police work, right? You don't watch Law and Order. I mean, it's part of the appeal, but basically, they're about the characters, and the characters are solving a puzzle, or in the case of or they're solving a crime and you know they're doing things that lead to or involve you know a lot of just character interaction and, di- and you know dialogue and work relationships and, you know and then that's what is really the hook to these shows right and usually like the precinct is almost has kind of a you know family kind of touch to it. I I mean that's how you show the work and you can you know swap out police departments with fire departments and hospitals, you know, special forces units. Right? I mean that's why there are so many of these, right? Because it's just it's so easy to craft and structure the show around these places. Right? I mean, and look, NBC has, they got Law and Order, but they also got, they got Chicago PD, Chicago Med, Chicago Fire. You know, they used to have a couple other Law and Orders. Um, there's a, another Law and Order show coming soon. Which is going to feature the return of one Elliot Stabler, <laughs> which is going to be really interesting, and you know, you know, versus the backdrop of you know these police brutality protests, because Elliot Stabler is probably uh, of any character on any police show, he is probably the most badly aged character ever, and I mean. Like we're, we're looking, we look back at him now, wondering like, how in the hell were we okay with this? I mean, because yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you go watch some of those old, uh, those episodes of SVU and you know, and Chris Maloney was still on there as you know Detective Stabler, and man, woo. But anyway, uh, you know, all these shows, it, it's a pretty simple structure, right? And, and that you have a kind of unit of people, whether it's a police precinct or a hospital wing or a fire station or a special forces unit or a law firm or, a, you know, faculty department at a school or whatever, right? I mean, it, 
it's easy to build around you know small to medium sized cast they got interpersonal relationships interpersonal communication you know uh, some of the characters have families some don't some of the characters hook up with each other you know along the way right it's it's that's what makes these shows work and then you know the actual job part of it whether it's police or fire department or military or whatever right they they make it interesting and you know tension filled enough to be interesting right and it, it's how this stuff works so yeah I'm still with SVU after all these years And uh, this premiere episode was, like, really gripping because, you know, for those of y'all familiar with Law & Order, they do the rip-from-the-headline story. So it starts out with a guy jogging in New York City, a la, you know, uh, Chris Cooper from this summer. And then, you know, he's a black guy, and then this white lady who is calling the police on him, you know, a la Amy Cooper this summer, Right. <laughs> So it starts out just like that, but then it expands, you know, into, you know, instead of just leaving it there, like what happened in real life, you know, the body that's found scene, there are, you know, interviews with Chris Cooper and with some other people who were around. You know, and it goes on. But what was really intriguing this week with this premiere was that, you know, they are leaning into the whole, you know, police protest thing. So basically, you know, eyes are on the department, and the way they're playing it is that you know, the higher ups in the police department are. You know, feeling the pressure from all the protests and everything, and they might be looking for a few easy scapegoats to throw to the wolves. So now, you know, Detective Benson, who's, and then um, Detective Tutuola, that's you know, Riska Hargate and Ice T, respectively, they're the kind of last of the old guard in the unit and they're being told by the captain it was the new captain to basically you know y'all gotta watch back because you know, it's basically hunting season for PR purposes and in, in the course of you know dealing with this case you know internal affairs gets involved and couple of the old cases that both Benson and Tutuola worked on get brought back up and so now I I don't know if this is going to cover the whole season but they're in a position now where they're going to be you know under the microscope and where some of their past cases are going to be brought up in connection to previous cases. 
So, I mean, it's a really, so it got off to a really good start. Yeah, you know, SVU has always been one of those things where it's like, it's a special victims unit, right? So their, their crimes are like gruesome as hell, right? They're not going after bank robbers or whatever, right? They're going after like, rapists and other kind of sexual assaulters and people who commit murder, you know, in the act while they're in the act of committing rape or what have you. It's, it's really nasty stuff. But, again, I guess it's the characters and the character interactions that made that have made it work for all these years. And they picked up right where they left off in the premiere. That's probably the other interesting part was just, like, the whole kind of filming during the pandemic. Because, uh, you know, it's just a point of interest, like, how they did that. And I saw some tweets while they were filming a few months ago that you know the kind of precautions they were taking so you saw some you know that's there are different points during the show where characters had on masks some didn't right um I'm sure they're gonna make for a nice documentary at some point as the other filming of this show and other shows while this is going on But, you know, kudos to the, to the gang at uh, SVU. Season number 22. 22 seasons. Now, do I, and, you know, do I feel guilty about, you know, being hyped up for a police show, you know, in the backdrop of all this going on? No. Because it's, it's TV. It's a good show. Right? And it's not... Well, I guess... Look, I mean, this is propaganda, you know, propaganda for police, I guess. I mean, to a degree. But they don't, you know, they don't make them out to be perfect people. And, you know, since Detective Stabler has not been there... You know, you haven't had, like, the glorification of the, you know, abusive policeman. That, you know, that's not been part of the show since he's been gone. So I would say it's not copaganda, you know, now. Not like that. Not seriously. Um, And, you know, there was a, you know, there was a point where a really powerful scene where Detective Benson's son, or adopted son, Asked her, like, Mommy, are you a racist? Because, like, the video of the arrest from the opening scene went viral, and so you know, he's seen his mom arrest a black guy a million times. And so he asked her, like, you know, Mom, are you a racist? And she had to answer, Well, obviously, she doesn't think she is. But, I mean, that's a question that needs to be posed, right? Because. I mean, yeah, it's, I'm sure, I know it's off-putting, right? But it's one of those things where people need to be made to really think about it. So, if I was excellent, excellent episode to open the the season, season 22, I'd 
Well, I obviously recommend it since I've been watching it all this time. And, um, don't know if I'll talk about it every week here, but, you know, if, 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 if it, something happens on there, if the episode is worthy of me, you know, saying something here, then, you know, we'll keep going. And with that, we'll keep the show going after this. All right, so let's move from the world of sports to the world of entertainment. Because we got some movie stuff going on here. So, Wonder Woman 84, which, you know, WB has been moving and moving and moving the release date for, you know, holding out hope that, you know, things would get better and they'd get to do a full theatrical release. They have given up the ghost on that. So we're getting on Christmas Day on Wonder Woman 84. It will be in theaters. But it will also be on HBO Max. For no extra charge. So this this, this isn't going to be like the Mulan situation where you know, Disney tried to charge extra money, you know, special like kind of add-on price to Disney Plus, and I don't think it did that well. Here, they're just putting it on HBO Max along with the theatrical release. And I guess they're hoping that, you know, theaters that have taken precautions, some people will go, and then the rest of us will just watch it at home. And... The question is, well, a couple questions. One, you know, is this going to get people to subscribe to HBO Max? Because I guess that's what they're trying to do here. And then, you know, will anybody go to the theater? I imagine a few people will. But I'm not. <laughs> but then another thing is that, all right, well, the other studios who had were supposed to be big blockbuster films coming or that were supposed to have gone through in 2020 will they take the same route i mean now look everybody doesn't have a, a way to do that you know anything that's under disney well that, that includes like the marvel stuff can we'll put it on disney plus if they want so some people are starting to look at, you know, Black Widow and see if Disney, you know, Marvel Studios will just put it on Disney Plus at some point. Um, good question. I mean, I mean, it's going to be a tough call for them because, look, Black Widow was going to make a lot of money. Right. Even though, I mean, people saying, well, it was, you know, years too late. Nobody cares, blah, blah, blah. It's part of MCU is essentially the farewell to, you know, Scarlett Johansson, you know, Natasha Romanoff. Um, and to be honest, I mean... You know, if you want to put up that, that this brother starving <laughs> clip for people, it definitely applies. You know, because we didn't look, we didn't get any MCU in 2020. 
like we were supposed to. So I can, you know, I imagine if, you know, they may want to hold out and then, you know, be part of the big return to movie theater. Because, look, what I mean, whatever gets released during, like, the you know, initial full return to normal of going to the movie theater is going to do big numbers. So, look, if they were looking at seven to eight hundred million in general, I mean, they get over a billion now if they, think, if they wait and time it with the full reopening of movie theaters. Um, the question is, do they need, you know, is they see a way of getting money now off of it? I, and I don't think they will because, I mean, like, Disney Plus is already like over 70 million subscribers. Um, I don't think you're going to get a flood of subscribers now at this point for one movie. You know, um, so I don't think there's any like early money to, to get by putting on Disney Plus. Whereas you know, HBO Max does... I don't know. I mean, I don't know what their subscriber numbers are looking like, but I don't think it's 70 million. So they're still kind of at the point where they need to, you know, do tricks to get money, to get people to subscribe. So I could see Disney waiting. I mean, because really, I mean, what what what's really getting gummed up here now is not so much. You know, the box office for them, but just kind of the, the release schedule. Because I mean, they, I mean, they're filming other stuff now and all. Um, so we'll see. It'll be interesting. But yeah, like I said, WB was in a different position where, you know, they're waiting and waiting and waiting. And they got, they do have to kind of get this one out and then, you know, get on to the next one. So I, can, I do understand their decision. Here, so Christmas Day, one woman eighty four. I will be watching. Yes, and um, well, I already got HBO Max. You know, right. speaking of which, uh, I watched the, the Fresh Prince reunion. Man, it, look, if if you got HBO Max, then you need to watch it. I mean, it brought back all the feelings, and seeing all the cast members now was just wonderful. James Avery was Uncle Phil is no longer with us. But seeing everybody else was just good and emotional. Seeing Janet Hubert Witten, who was the original on Vivian, you know, seeing her back and seeing her talking with Will was good stuff. Um, definitely recommend it. You know, Fresh Prince, one of those shows. I think it went on, man, don't remember exactly when it ended, but it started when I was in high school and then when I was in college. And there were just, I mean, there were some great episodes, just great emotional moments throughout that whole thing. And this reunion was full of those, too. So, I mean, I recommend it. And, honestly, if you were on the fence about HBO Max, you know, I'd, I, hell, I'd subscribe just so you can watch that. And then, like I said, if you're into superhero stuff, Wonder Woman 84 is coming. And, of course, the big controversial 
Zack Snyder Justice League. And like the discourse over that is already just bad. And it's going to just get worse as it gets closer to approaching. Um, I don't think anybody's mind is going to get changed by that thing one way or the other. I mean, everybody's dug in real deep on both sides. So, is what it is. And of course, me saying that, I'm kind of in, I'm in the middle. Look, I want to see it. You know, I thought the original, the theatrical version was fine. You know, a lot of people think it was bad or whatever. I don't. I think it was fine. Um, but I do want to see what, you know, Zack Snyder's ideas were. I know a lot of people don't like what he does um, just because he, look, he, he goes off the trail here. All right, he's giving you his, like, basically superhero stories that he wants to tell and that he wants to put out there and a lot of that just doesn't fit with mass appeal mass consumption whatever um it doesn't here's the tricky part right so yeah i mean he goes off the trail with the stories he wants to tell and the characterizations and all that yes he does all right um some people and look there are people who you know that's a non-starter for them it just is they don't want it and they just don't want any part of anything that's off you know they're just off the path like that um me yeah you know, yeah i think i'm i put stuff in kind of in the lane that it's in i i'm fine looking at it as an interpretation or as the kind of stories that you know he wants to tell um i at the same time look it's an outlet you know if you're you know, if you're trying to draw in the most people make the most money and all of that you know his interpretations his what he the way he wants to tell the stories are not the way to go But that doesn't mean that, you know, you just jump out there and call everything bad. Because it's not the way you want it to be. And I think that's the mistake. Well, that's the thing that a lot of people are doing with this stuff. So, look, I totally understand if if you just don't like his vision, you don't like what he does, you don't want to take part in it, then that's fine. So don't take part in it. That's the thing. Just don't watch. Look, I, I do not understand the whole idea of hate watching. There's nothing, nothing that I am going to watch if I know that my reaction is just going to be, oh, this is the worst thing ever. If I know that's my mentality going in, I don't watch. Okay, and you shouldn't either. Okay, I, look, I know y'all got, some of y'all got blogs and podcasts and things, YouTube videos to make and all of that. And I know that this thing in particular is going to be a heavy traffic driver, especially if you're dumping on it. I, I, okay, fine. But if you really don't, if, if you didn't want it to happen, if that's where you are, where you just did not want it to happen at all, then when it comes on, just don't watch. 
do the rest of us a favor who are, you know, just kind of like, I'm not, I'm not talking about like the crazy Snyder zealots who are just jerks to everybody. But to everyone else who's just curious, wanted to see it, see how it turned out, just, you know what? This is the time for those of y'all who wanted no part of it to stand down. Seriously. Just stand down. Don't, don't, don't make yourself miserable. And, you know, don't angry tweet stuff and then invite people to go back at you and all of that. But, I mean, or, you know what, if you do, then you need to just admit that, you know, you kind of like the fighting. I mean, because otherwise, I mean, I don't see how, I don't see how you do this otherwise. So the NBA draft was this week, and just the whole offseason has been just super condensed because of everything, you know, all the COVID stuff and everything. And the next new season is starting on December 22nd, which is crazy. But it is what it is. I guess one thing that was notable to me about the draft this year was that, well, actually been notable for me for the last several years that I did not know who, who any of the people were in the draft. <laughs> and um, honestly, because I, I, I past several years, I have not been keeping up with either college or pro basketball that much. And as a result, I, you know, I know like LeBron and, you know, Kevin Durant and, you know, guys who all came in around those that same period. And, of course, they're the, they're the elder statesmen in the league now, but that's who I know. I don't know any of the younger players other than knowing of some names. And uh, for me, it's just, well, it's, it's a kind of a, a symbol of signal of how it, everything has changed in basketball. Because, you know, up until... mid to late 2000s maybe um, it still was not hard to keep up with things on both ends so over the last 10 years it's been more difficult just to keep up with who's coming into the league because you know, look, things used to be a lot more centralized, right? It used to be 
you would hear about guys when they were finishing high school, they would go to college, and then, you know, you'd hear about, you know, playing for North Carolina, playing for Duke, playing for Georgetown, playing for uh, UCLA, or, you know, um, Wake Forest, Georgia Tech, Maryland, or Michigan, or whatever, right? And they would go there, they would spend their time there, you know, might be only a year, might have been three or four years, whatever. Then, but that was like a whole chapter of their kind of basketball career. And then they would go from there into the NBA. And then, so, I mean, you had like a pretty, you know, I guess consistent kind of routine kind of narrative for everybody. And... I mean, obviously, everybody didn't pan out in the pros. Some people washed out or whatever. But even when that was the case, you know, they still had a college career that you could look back on. And things were just, like, a lot neater and tidier and easier to follow. And, I mean, there is something, like, if you know, if you're trying to kind of cultivate a just consistent viewership over the years, it is, I mean, there is something to getting people familiar with players at one level, then moving them on to the next level, right? And having just the kind of already established fan base, interest level, whatever. And so now that doesn't really exist like that. Now, you know, you got the one and done rule, so guys just don't stay long. Some guys just don't go to college at all. They might they might just go straight overseas or to D League, whatever. And it's just just different. And then now and that would like, guys don't even go to the same high school now for four years. Right. I mean, they, they switch high schools, they go to prep schools. They focus primarily on AAU team. I mean, it's just, it's, it's just different now. And the result is that it's harder to keep track of people while, you know, throughout their run up to the NBA. So you don't really know them when they get there. And it's just, you know, more difficult to stay on track with people's careers and whatnot. So, I mean, I think that's definitely hurt the viewership for college and pro basketball. I think it's hurt the college game. Quality of play because you don't have... You know, like your NBA caliber players just don't stay there. Like they don't stay there long. They don't build up a camaraderie when they're on the same team or chemistry or anything like that. Guys are coming and going. So, I mean, like, like for example, the uh, Coach K's first championship teams at Duke, right? Uh, they went back to back. And actually, well, they went to the Final Four. All four years, Christian Leitner was there, but they went. They won back-to-back championships, and between those two teams, there were like seven guys that got drafted in the NBA: Leitner, 
Bobby Hurley, Grant Hill, Thomas Hill, Cherokee Parks, Brian Davis, Antonio Lang, all got drafted. Right, Leitner, Hill, Grant Hill were like top three picks. Hurley was a first round pick. Um, and so was Cherokee Parks. Right, I mean, so four guys, you know, so I mean, just that's just a lot of talent, and they and they were there together. Right, I mean, you don't you don't get that now. Like, I mean, Calipari gets guys at Kentucky, but a lot of them stay one year and they're gone, or yeah, and or maybe they they're on the bench a year, and then when when the you know when the one and done guys who are starting move on, then they move on and they they you know play a year or whatever. And so the result is that your your teams would have. You know, a nice assembly of talent maybe don't stay together very long. They don't get very far. And then the teams that maybe do get further, like, you know, Butler did. I mean, they just, they don't have a whole lot of pro talent. And they get in the tournament, and those games can be ugly. But, and while it's harder for, you know, fans my age to keep up with following all of that, the, the, the new way of doing things is better for the players. Right, you're not wed to, you know, like, like you don't have to go to this college or whatever to get the right development, the right exposure, you know, and all of that. And mercy of like being fed to the colleges by your high school coach and all of that. And, it's better for the players now to have because they got more freedom, freedom to develop in a way that works best for them, and to come into the league the way it works works best for them. So sometimes you know what? Yeah, I mean it sucks for me because it's just you know it's harder for me to keep up with stuff, but it's better for them. So. It is what it is, you know. It's their life and their career, and it's more important that they get to do it the right way for them than it is that they do it in a way that is easier for me to follow. All right, so while I'm on the subject of the draft and all, um, one name that I did actually remember. <laughs> And that's because this is the only one I really heard get mentioned a bunch yesterday. Instead of Anthony Edwards. So, he was the first player picked. And what's interesting about him... Well, first, I, I told you I didn't watch... I didn't watch any college basketball last season. Of course, the season ended early because of COVID, but still. Um... His name got kicked around a bunch on draft day because of some quotes that came out from him. And he basically said that like he's not super in love with basketball. That he'd rather be in the NFL. But it just so happens that 
basketball is the sport that he is most physically gifted and talented to play. And it's the one where he's physically gifted and talented enough to play for money. So that's why he's where he is. And that, you know, that stirred up a little, you know, hurt, hurt, hurt. Oh, it doesn't sound too good. Kind of talk from some people, you know, because, you know, he wasn't showing the proper love and dedication to be great. <laughs> Which, I mean, oh. I mean, it's just one of those dopey things that like to talk about. How much do you love the game? Um, in reality, turns out those quotes didn't matter. He still got picked first because talent trumps all, right? And You know, even if he's not in love with the game and all, he's just doing it because he's just physically talented enough to do it. That doesn't mean necessarily he's going to be loafing out there, right? Because what's well, the implication when you, you know, when people try to make hay out of that kind of thing? That the implication is that <coughs> he'll be loafing. He'll be one of those people that just kind of lollygags his way around the court. You know, that he's somebody who, you know, won't put out maximum effort and all that kind of thing, right? And that he'll be one of those dudes that kind of just, let's say, if he has the ability to average, you know, 20 points and 12 rebounds a game that instead of that he'll be getting like 15 points and you know 8 rebounds a game and that'll be just off of his you know athletic ability and size or whatever right now and that he won't show the want to you know to do that extra stuff and to get those you know extra 5 points and extra 4 rebounds of the difference between you being just a good player and you being like an all-star or whatever. Um, listen, uh, truth of the matter is, just like this in, some people do sports because they're good at them. Some people do sports because they love playing. I mean, that's just the way it is. I mean, look, being a pro athlete, it's a job. Look, for some people, it's, you know, passion, something you got love and all that. And you just so happen to get paid to be doing something you love. But for some people, it's just a job. 
and it's just a thing you do because you're good at it and they pay you <laughs> real well if you're good at it and you know same thing with pro wrestling you know one of my other favorite topics same thing there are people in that business who got in, maybe they, a lot of times there are people who got in late, maybe, you know, when they were in their mid to late 20s or even their 30s, right, and then <coughs> they got in because they heard about it, and, you know, they had a physical ability to do well okay I mean you know guys like you know Bill Goldberg and Lex Luger are like some of the old schoolish names that jump out but also I mean you know, Roman Reigns right Roman Reigns was you know, he tried to make the NFL. Didn't make it. And, you know, of course, he's got the whole family legacy in the business. He didn't, he wasn't in any hurry to run out and become the next one. But, eventually, it became the best career option. He had a way in. And, again, he had the, just the physical talent and the look and all of that to excel. And he has excelled. Right? I mean, yeah, but he found his way in because he saw that he had the talent to do it, do it really well. Okay. Now, there are people in the wrestling business who have been wanting to do it since they were 10 years old, and they dedicated their whole life to getting into business. And the same thing with basketball, right? There are like there are people who have wanted to be in the NBA since they were little kids. And they've devoted all their time and energy that they possibly could into becoming good enough to make the NBA. Yeah, but then, you know, there are guys like Anthony Edwards who being in the NBA wasn't really what got him all excited. But he just happens to be have the physical ability and the talent to play at that level. Now, just because he said all that doesn't mean he's going to get in there and be some blazing bum, right? I mean, who knows? It's he can get in there, and if it's uh, more difficult than he thought it was going to be, and he has to, you know. He may feel challenged and he may rise to the occasion and, and become an excellent player. Maybe. Maybe he'll get in there and coast and have a and still have a 10 year career. Right, that could happen. But I think, you know what? Either way, well, my point really here is that whichever way it ends up going for him, right? Or if he gets there, his physical talent isn't enough, and he doesn't rise to the occasion and, and is here and gone. Now, any one of those three things could happen. Or actually, fourth thing. 
get there and his physical ability could be such that he just excels. So any one of those four things could happen. And whichever one does, we should be fine with it. I mean, we really should. Like I said, at the end of the day, it's a job. And we shouldn't, we don't, shouldn't expect everyone to have that, I always wanted to do this since I was a kid, kind of drive and enthusiasm. Because it's like any other job. Okay. Some jobs people have because they've always wanted to have them. Some jobs people have because they're good at it. Sometimes it's both. But either way, you know what? In the day it's a job. Right? Uh, you know, that alone is not your life. And we shouldn't frown on people for not treating it as if it, that alone is their life. Because that's a good way to end up with a lot more burned out athletes, guys with, you know, and gals with, you know, mental health issues over their profession, that kind of thing. Right? Just look. It's a career. Let people find their own way. And Mr. Edwards, good luck to you. However it goes for you, man. Good luck to you. And that's really all I got on basketball now. So, gonna hit you with some more music and then we'll get out of here.
guy lied about the the drafting being the last thing. So, but but um, just just tack something on to that. You know, I was talking about how jobs and all of that, how basketball jobs and all that stuff. Um, we've been talking about a bunch of kind of work related things this week, whether it's basketball or dealing with Jeffrey Tubin, right? Uh, let me just say that in general, job is a job. I'm saying that just don't go into jobs with illusions, folks. Alright, and I'm saying that because whether it's the tubing stuff or being a basketball player or um, there's another couple of situations that have been talked about in the world of pro wrestling with unions and all that stuff. Um, and by the way, um, I was on the Outsider's Edge wrestling podcast last week and we spent a lot of time talking about unions. That episode is still up. By the time you're hearing this, the new one may... It may not be the newest episode of their show by the time you're listening to this. But either way, if it's not the newest one, still, it's the second newest one. So if you want to hear me talk about that with some of the guys, go back and listen to, to that. Also, if you haven't listened here, I talked with my man DJ about that a while back, maybe about a couple months ago. Yeah, the episode is Posing for Dollars. That's here. You can go listen to that. Um, I also talked about it <coughs> a month or so ago on the uh, Suplexes and Shea Butter podcast with the ladies there. Um, you can go check them out and listen to what I have to say about wrestling and unions and stuff there also. But the big picture here is that you know, me being old and cold and cynical, you know, job's a job, like I've been saying, and you should harbor no illusions about what you are getting yourself into. Every job has a culture, and most places you work, some corner of that culture is kind of boorish and locker roomish, and people can get real weird, and people can be jerks. And I don't care whether if it's the, if it's your dream job that you've been thinking of ever since you were a kid, or you're there for purely mercenary reasons. Do not harbor any illusions when you go in there. Do not put wings and halos on people who have not earned them. From you. And even if they have earned one from you. Don't make the mistake of thinking that they treat everybody that way. I can tell you I got stories of people who have been good to me at work. Only for me to find out that they've been not so good to other some other people. And that, you know, goes back with the you know, me too stuff that was going on. Or well, that's still going on. 
But the stories that came out a few months ago, you know, some of the people who got named in those stories have been very nice and very respectful and very good to other people they have worked with. But have still, you know, victimized some people. You know, and as I, I said here, you know, when stories come out, against stories, not just wild, just baseless accusations, but when actual stories come out, be prepared for them to be true. Don't make the mistake of thinking that, oh, they would never do that, or, oh, you know, they've always been chill as far as, you know, my dealings with them, I, I don't see how they could do someone else like that, because, yes, they can, okay? So look, it's a job, you gotta do the work, you gotta get paid. If you love doing the work, that's a, then that is something you hope for. I wasn't gonna say that's a bonus, but no, it shouldn't be a bonus, right? But, you know, loving the work is something you hope for, but no matter how much you may love doing the work, it's still a job. You still gotta watch your back. You still gotta be mindful of how other people treat you and how they treat other people there. And again, don't don't give nobody wings in the halo because they were polite to you. And don't put horns on somebody's head because maybe you didn't get along with them so great either. You know, um, I'll leave it there because don't want to don't want the show to be two hours. So that is all. So <laughs> one more song and then we're out of here. All right, so that's gonna do it for this week. And look, made it through the whole show without talking about the election. Kept my promise to myself, anyway. <laughs> look. Um, what I'm really hoping is that, that the attempted shenanigans do not succeed so I don't have to actually talk about the election itself much anymore. Uh, still some more things, like issues and stuff to talk about. We'll get to those down the road. And now before I continue on at the give an R.I.P. to Alex Trebek host Jeopardy passed away a couple weeks ago uh, 80 years old died from cancer uh, but, and to his credit fought up to the very end kept doing the show until he couldn't do it anymore and from what I understand they taped episodes through Christmas so if you're a Jeopardy fan you know get some in to, you know to give proper tribute to the man that we used to watch it when I was a kid and dinner time that Wheel of Fortune used to come on like back to back so we you know we'd watch those during dinner and like Alex was he's definitely top five game show host ever you know might even be like top two and nobody nobody <laughs> sneak dissed the contestants like Alex did 
for sure. <coughs> so, um, rest well, my brother. Thank you for everything. And now uh, I'm well, moving along. Okay, folks. The, the, the pandemic is not over. Okay, numbers are going up everywhere, including here in Maryland. Please, y'all got to stop this, okay? I know everybody's tired of not seeing folks. Everybody's tired of being cooped up in the house. Everybody's just tired, tired, tired. <coughs> but we need to do each other, do us all a favor, and do what we can on our own to stop this from spreading any further and you know as the restrictions get put back up please comply don't be assholes alright don't be those people who refuse to close their business you know their store or whatever to flout you know their restrictions don't be those people who are <coughs> Holding church services with it packed, you know, to flout again restrictions or don't be holding concerts or don't be holding secret underground fight clubs in New York City. That was really great. Oh, and don't be hosting homecoming dances, homecoming parties. Missouri, morons, and Governor Newsom out there in California, don't be going to dinners with lobbyists after you done put the restrict, you know, put restrictions back in, and after you've been scolding people and all. Stop it, right? Y'all, y'all all got to stop. <coughs> And a big middle finger to all the um, governors out there who never put any restrictions in, you know, and that just let, let Corona run wild all over their state. Y'all, y'all really suck. But anyway, moving on. Um, I think that's it for this week. So look, it has been a pleasure to do fifty episodes for y'all. Here's the next fifty. Now, I want y'all to be around for the next 50. So, like I said, like I always say, you know, stay home as much as you can. When you do got to go out, protect yourself at all times and the other people around you. So, but take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. God bless you guys. Talk to you next week. <laughs>